Guess what, bitch? Coronavirus. That's right, coronavirus. Fucking everybody up out here. Uh, it's been a long time since uh, since we've done this shit. It's uh, a little weird, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, we now have full-grown beards. Yeah, uh, this is probably like the fourth fucking take just to get started. <laughs> Motherfucking stage fright is fucking me up. Yeah, we're shivering. Yeah, it, it, anyway, it's been a while. It's been many, many months. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be that long, but basically, this podcast is about today, tonight, about this book that we've been working on. Uh, it, it took, lo- and that's why we haven't recorded in so long, it took much longer than we anticipated. So, basically, it started out as a, a gift for my wife. And, you know, she, she always fucking one-ups me every single year. Every time for my birthday, she she leaves me shook. I'm yeah. in fucking shambles. You know what I mean? Yeah, like last year, her gift to you was, at first it started off as uh, those UFC gloves, right? Yeah, it, it, it was like and, some Hanukkah shit. Yeah. It just kept coming. And then and then the biggest one, this one I got you, say it. What was it? The one that actually got you. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, she started giving me these smaller gifts first. Like, she got me these, uh, you know, I'm a big MMA fan. She got me these 25-year anniversary MMA gloves from the UFC. She got me these fucking custom socks with my dog's faces on them with, like, goofy-ass wigs and shit. Uh, Just very, you know, nice personal gifts for the most part. She even made a a custom wrapping paper with goofy faces of our dogs and shit on it uh, to wrap the shit in. Anyway, but that was just the setup. That was just to throw me off the fucking trail. And we go downtown to go out to dinner or some shit one night. And uh, all of a sudden, she she starts pointing out to me all this shit. And she basically took all of my, not all, but several of my poems from my first book. Raw. Raw. And had them, she basically talked to the fucking like art council of the city or something. And they allowed her to make printouts of some of my poems and place them all around downtown because there's a essentially once a month an art you know an art night or something like that you know art gallery type situation and um you know it was just so thoughtful and you know hit me right in the fucking feels square in the feels so she's very difficult to to top oh yeah that's uh, that's one of those things that i don't think anyone can ever really top how can you like how can you top having your wife organize this whole thing where you can walk around downtown seeing your work displayed to the public yeah it you know it's so it just you know caught me off guard and she's uh she's an incredibly thoughtful person that bitch so (laughs) please don't listen to this so so i just said enough i'm tired of taking these fucking l's I'm sick of it. I can't take them anymore. Honestly, she's always had you beat in the gift always, department. Always, always, always. One time she got me this fucking amazing vintage typewriter. Just every fucking time. I'm sick of it. So <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not going down like that again. So I come up with this idea uh, sometime, I'd say, like what, like last August or some shit? Yeah, I'd say around August, maybe September. Yeah, somewhere around there. Some honestly, the last recording I put up was the end of September. 
uh, with with my wife. So I started writing this before. I had this idea bef- right before that, and then I just got fucking distracted and became utterly obsessed with it. So anyway, it's called Free, and it's this... It's mostly for children, but adults, I think, can get a lot out of it, too, hopefully. But came up with this idea to write a book for her. And this fuckwit... Yeah, Yeah, this fuckwit illustrated it. Yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy. This is, like, the first time I've ever illustrated anything. Uh, Like, you know, as a kid, I always loved to draw. Like, what kid doesn't? But, you know, I kind of stopped for a long time. Mostly because of, like, just personal self-doubt, but, you know, I remember when you first started talking about this book, Free, in the early, like, just concept stage. Like, you, you didn't even have, uh, you didn't even have, like, a character design yet for your two main leads. And, you know, you were talking and you were saying, you know, you are probably going to rehire your previous illustrator. To illustrate this book, and I don't know what happened. I, something in me just clicked, ticked, and I was like, I want to do something nice for these people. Like, these are the close, my closest friends. I've seen their relationship grow. I've been like, I've been their biggest poor since day one. And I just said, Hey, let me illustrate it for you. Yeah. And, it, you know, that sort of, that's basically where it started. And there was, you know the essentially the earliest idea was that these two little characters uh, would have their own journeys independently just some hurdles and obstacles just some shit they would go through independently and that they would meet in the middle and resolve one another's problem and the book would end in the middle that's sort of the gimmick in in a sense yeah and we had a hard time coming up with your wife's character yeah, I had a lot of fucking weird ideas yeah. at first. She, it was just going to be because she has huge hair. She was just going to be like this giant tuft of hair <laughs> uh, with big eyes, which I thought would be cute. I told her that, by the way, after we finished it. And, yeah, she wasn't the biggest fucking fan. So I'm no. glad I am glad I didn't go through really? that idea. Yeah, I thought it's a fucking bullet. Oh, damn. But, I mean, like, the, the biggest reason why we avoided that, we didn't do that, Carrie, is because, and this was the struggle, to find what her problem was and how the bird can fix it. Yeah, and and to go back to that real quick, though, uh, my character, early on, we decided my character would be a bird. We just weren't sure exactly how it would look and the specifics of its design, but from very early, a bird made sense. I have a gigantic fucking nose. Mm -hmm. It it is nearly beak-sized, so (laughs) I felt it would be appropriate uh, to to be represented as a bird. The Birdman of Winston-Salem. Yeah, and uh, my t- one of my teeth uh, fucked up when I was a kid. It cracked, and I, I, was in a four- I was in like a little four-wheeler accident. Fucked up my tooth. And it sort of been like this jagged stump for a long time, and I didn't think much of it. And it started to fucking decay, and they told me they needed to grind it down and put a crown over it. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I have a purple tooth. Mm-hmm. To put it short, I have a crown, and I'm like, yeah, can you make it purple? They're like, yeah, okay, that's a fucking weird request, but sure. So I have this purple tooth, and so the bird has, like, a little purple feather yeah. to represent the tooth, and he has this giant fucking beak, and he's was, red because I'm a ginger. Yeah, that was... 
yeah, like at the very start, like I always knew I wanted to give something purple to the bird. At first, I thought, you know, maybe it'll be like a, a line on their on his beak because you know, beak it's a bird's mouth and yeah, the purple too. But it just made more sense to go with the wing. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, yeah, I made him red because yeah, you are a ginger. But there's also like other details that we add. I added at least to the bird. Uh, I gave him your freckles near your eyes, and it was just like something I knew I wanted to do was on your chest have like your actual scar. Yeah, my heart, my heart surgery scar. Yeah, I, have a, yeah. I have a big ass uh, scar, like a six eight inch scar down my chest from uh, open heart surgery. Yeah. So he added that into the bird's chest too. Yeah. Plus. Uh, and, you know, later on during uh, development, you asked to give the bird a crooked nose as well. Yeah. Because your My nose, nose is super crooked. Basically, I'm just all fucked up, to, <laughs> to put it fucking bluntly. Yeah, yeah. So, with you know, with the bird, my guy, like, he was... Yeah, I'm not going to say easy, because, goddamn, a few people ever had a chance to see the sketchbook I had just making these character designs. I've showed it to you. It's just insanity at how many times I've tried to get this bird right. Like, the early ones, my God, they were, like, just crap. They were just, like, really horrible. You know, he was, like, one point he was fat, and then it was, like, and then he was just, like, really tiny. It just, it didn't work. And, I mean, I'm happy now with the final design, but me, I would have to say, that's the character saying, by the way, me. Yeah, uh, M-I-C-H. Yeah. Named after his dick. Yeah, funny tidbit. So the character's names, we'll, we'll get to her character in a second. The character named after me is Meek instead of Mitch. And hers is Lee instead of Libby. Uh, you know, sounds innocuous enough. But realistically, that is the nickname that I've, <laughs> you know... It's my dick. It's the nickname of my dick. <laughs> and of her, you know, counterpart, Lee. So uh, I thought it would be kind of nice. I mean, obviously, that's been the case for years now, and I thought it would be like a fun little touch to add that in. I thought she would appreciate yeah, that. This, this is the most perverted children's book of all time. Yeah, I mean, with, you know, they're none the wiser. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with me, you know, despite the difficulties of just coming up with the character design, but that's that's... Anytime you're making a character, you're always going to have that problem. But he was very enjoyable, though, to design. Because there's, like, so many different kinds of birds out there. Interesting-looking birds that you, I looked through and I wanted to get inspiration from. And just adding details from Mitch himself. Like, his own physicality into the character. But it was, like, the art character, Lee, my God, she was definitely... A pain, yeah. Yeah, and, and to just interject really quickly. So after, you know, it, it took a long time to determine what her character would be. Because, again, the, the whole point of the narrative is that each creature has to be able to resolve the other creature's because the other creature's problem because the entire parable of the story, fucking spoilers for a, a children's book, is that they... Uh, that it's okay to need other people. You know, we're taught all the time from, you know, parents and this, that, and the other as children that, you know, to be independent, to fend for yourself, to be on your own. And, and that's all well and good, and that's very true. 
but come you know coming from my own perspective having had fucked up surgeries and just things that are impossible to do or handle yourself you learn another lesson a valuable lesson that you're really never taught and i don't really ever hear discussed which is the necessity of of other people there are moments in your life particularly low ones where you you truly need another person and and that there's no shame in that it's okay it's okay it's okay to need another person it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to have weakness at times because we're there to keep one another strong that's what love is of any kind romantic or you know any other type for that matter so it took a long time to determine what her character would be and so Finally, I found a way to make her a snake. She fucking loves snakes. She's had pet snakes. She loves fucking weird, creepy-ass lizards and all that shit. So, finally settled on uh, a snake. Early on, we knew that the dilemma of the bird would be that they'd have a broken wing. You know, he'd have a fucked-up wing. He can't fly, which sort of is in tandem with my own personal character, having had a broken heart, literally, and needing it fixed and I just could never really live to my fullest potential until it was and for her before I had met her one of her biggest problems growing up was being her true self just being okay with who she was and the things she liked the things she didn't like and and not being so worried about what people thought about her and to just live true to live free is you know it's stated in the title so we came up with the idea of her being a snake and if you know anything about snakes they have to molt they have to basically shed their skin uh and the interesting thing which i didn't know this until we started writing this shit until i started writing it and doing research in it uh, snakes have to shed or they can become sick diseased it can cause all kinds of problems if they don't that could actually even kill them too if they don't ever shed yeah so it's it's actually really crucial so i loved the the poetry behind that concept of a character needing to shed that skin to change to to grow and it's not as if they're hiding beneath a veneer and you know they're it's about vanity or image or anything like that that's not i don't want it to be misconstrued that that's what someone would get from it though you know get from it what you will but from my perspective it was more about what's truly underneath the beauty underneath and how that that old raggedy fucked up and that's how she's portrayed okay yeah had some weird shit going on there's gonna be a little bit of a gap i don't know what happened (laughs) anyway she uh had some her her character is portrayed as having some fucked up skin early on it's all craggy and gray and uh fucking ragged it's gross so she well she needs to shed it and underneath that, there's this beautiful, uh, exotic, interesting-looking skin to represent who she truly is. Someone, you know, on the outside, when I when I met her, she was a very bleak and, and uh, dark person. But I knew beneath that there was something vivacious and lively and uh, happy. But a lot needed to happen in order for that to show itself. Yeah, yeah and I kind of feel that uh, when it came to her character, though... That was like one of our biggest problems with her design is because, you know, it's skin. How do you make that 
an obvious problem to the rear. Because when you look at Meek, when you start off with him, like his wing's broken. And he's a bird, so you know instinctively. A bird's, wing, a bird's need to fly. So a bird with a broken wing, that's not good. He needs to get that fixed. But with a snake, it's like, you see him, like you see it like, alright, well, what's wrong with this snake? It looks like a snake. So, it was kind of difficult to to really kind of like figure it out for a long time for us. Yeah. And, you know, even this, uh, illustration-wise, like, it was kind of like also a little bit difficult. I mean, yeah, it sounds fucking simple now, but at first, like, you know, I was just thinking, how am I going to present this snake character? You know, how am I going to visually get across that they have a problem? And it was going to be always more of a, a color thing than anything else. Because, like, design-wise, I can't really do much. Uh, birds, a snake is very simple in design. It's just, like, a long... I mean, it's just, like, a long line. A long tube that moves around. So, early... Not early on, but, like, when I started draw, uh, coloring it in, I showed it to you. Like, the first draft of her character was... Her skin was going to be like all brownish and muddy. Something like, you know, something that looks like it's all beat up, been through the mud. But I don't know, like when I looked at it, I just wasn't really happy with it. And I, and, I, and then as soon as I tried to go for the second drawing, because I was like illustrating it at this point. Like I already had the characters done, which... Yeah, I'm also very happy with it, but at the start, I was also having some difficulties to make her seem visually interesting. Because there's so little to work with, because she is a snake, all I had was the head to work with. The bird, I had like a whole body to work with, you know, head, uh, wings, legs, all that. So, so when I started doing the second page of her color, I started off with a gray and white base color so I could then like layer different colors to them to create this look of translucentness to it but as soon as I finished the, the base color I was just like man you know what this looks really good like this she looks way better with like a gray gray skin and these like craggly brown and I showed it to you and you were a lot more happier with it too. Yeah. So, you know, he was able to use certain features. Like she has a birthmark on her stomach that looks like the fucking country of India. Yeah. And he was able to put that in the little underbelly of the snake and, you know, add little things. And then her head looks like a set of lips. Yeah. You know, which really helped distinguish her from just being, you know, a regular snake and just looking pretty boring. And then once, you know, once the story, and to go back to the narrative a little bit, you know, when they start out, it's it's very representative of our actual lives, you know, just told in in a childlike format where it's rhyme-based and the little bird starts off in a mountain, which I grew up in the mountains. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's really was my life. And then she, grow, the snake grows up in a forest. And where she grew up in North Carolina, that's, she grew up in North Carolina as well. Uh, 
it's like heavily for which there's a shit ton of like forested area in North Carolina. We have a fuck ton of trees. So, you know, I thought that was cool to add little touches like that. And then the their journey to meet one another. They're trying to fix this problem. You know, he wants his wing to work so he can fly and he can be free. And she wants to shed this awful skin so she can find who she truly is beneath and beneath that surface and be her real self, live truly. And their little journey, you know, it's not a particularly long book either. And that was the fun of it. That was the challenge of it is... So the book is about 60-some-odd pages, but half of that's illustrations. And, again, from le- if you hold the physical book in your hand, uh, it's the cover The cover is just the bird, right? And then if you turn it around, it's just the snake. And then if you unfold it, they're looking at one another, yeah. which is a cool little touch. Yeah, that was really fun for me to do. Like, because when, when we started doing this and I had to do the cover art for it, I didn't really know what to do at the start because at first what I wanted to do was kind of... So my original idea for at least Meek's side of the front cover was going to be his back. Like, he was going to be, like, standing. And all you could see is, like, the back portion of him. And his wings formed a heart. But because one of his wings was broken, you see, like... One half of the heart, perfectly fine, but then the second part, it's like all unravelly and bent because of the wing, and I thought, you know, it was a good way to, you know, emphasize both, you know, this was more of a behind-the-scenes kind of thing, of like, of trivia, of, you know, Easter egg, where because you've had heart issues in the past, I wanted to bring that over to your illustration, Including, including the fact that your first book, Raw, the the front cover has a man with his being heart in full display. So I kind of want to like mimic that in a way, like to add some like sort of a continue continuation of mm-hmm. your work. Uh, but you know, like it, it was kind of like very difficult to sell on design. But then you kind of told me, yeah, you know, like yeah, I just want something different something more simple something less romantic so then you kind of like show me the silhouette you had the uh placeholder art yeah it was just a placeholder clip art it wasn't anything special and that just kind of gave me some inspiration for how the cover art should look like where if you see the cover art it's it's me sitting down looking up and like freeze written like on part of it's written on him and part of it's written outside of him and what I really liked about doing it is like when I had that design I was thinking man like I was thinking alright on the physical book how cool would it be if he was looking towards her direction and she was looking towards his direction so that's why it is the way it is because I was a purposeful design i wanted to have that because it it thought it looked cool especially because when you read the book the way the illustrations are layered uh, or any of their placements with the character they're all like meek is always heading to the right to meet with lee and lee is always going to the right to the left i mean sorry to the left where she eventually comes across meek 
So right. I thought it should come across even in the front covers as well. Yeah. So, right, like the book is, it can be read from left to right, like a traditional book. And if you do that, you're reading it from the bird's perspective. And he's always moving from left to right, as I said. And he comes to a certain point in the story, and that's where they intersect with one another. And then if you turn the book around and you read it from right to left, like a Japanese book, for example, uh, it's from her perspective. And she's always moving from right to left until they intersect. And then the, the middle section of the book... Uh, handful of pages they're mirrored so it's not it's almost exactly the same the illustrations are identical and then most of the narrative is the same except there are minor adjustments to indicate who is the protagonist like uh, from the bird side the description of what he's doing always comes first and she comes second but from her side she comes first and he comes second so it's an exact mirror, and then it ends in the middle. So the physical middle of the book is the narrative end to both sides. Right? So each side of the book, it's like a two-part book, and each side's like 26-odd pages, and half of that's narrative and half of it's illustration, and they're just right next to one another. So, you know, it was, uh, it was interesting to, to do. It was, it, was, it was supposed to be a lot less ambitious i feel uh like my standards were a lot fucking lower when i started i just wanted to write a cute little book and then things got way the fuck out of hand oh yeah i remember the night where we spent literal hours hours like three four hours and i'm not kidding folks four to five hours on one line oh yeah yeah it's a fucking nightmare like uh I'm I definitely an an obsessive fucking lunatic. When it comes to anything creative, writing, I'm utterly obsessive. It takes me an incre- I mean, that's why it's fucking seven months now that it's been since we recorded this. I mean, the book's been done for a while, to be fair. It's been done, I'd say, probably two, three months. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to really finalize everything, make sure everything was right. And it's up on Amazon now. You could buy it right now. Um I'll link the the page in the description of this podcast. But I wanted to make sure everything was done, ready to go by the time we recorded and uh, just go from there. But yeah, it was it was really interesting. I thought uh, I thought it would be a lot less uh, frustrating, but then I started adding these little fucking challenges where it started off humble, but then I started utilizing more complex rhythm patterns and uh, everything, and then on top of that, whatever rhyme pattern I used for a page, the equivalent page on the opposing character's side had to match that same pattern, mm-hmm. right? So everything in the book needed to function is almost a mirror image of one another. From every scene, every frame, like what they're doing here to where they're going next, you know, and, and what that is about needs to be an exact mirror now of course that doesn't mean the dialogue is the same that's not that's not the case i mean the the actual dialogue and what's said on each side is completely different but structurally um where they're headed roughly what they're doing and, and their general goals are the same because i mean that's a reflection of my actual relationship with her with with my wife is that you know we both went through a tremendous amount of 
bullshit and pain. Now, of course, the book is a heavily, heavily, heavily truncated version of that, fictionalized, no less, but just to, to I indicate... Ta- I don't know what you're talking about fictionalized. I remember the time you talked to a fucking hummingbird. <laughs> and a fucking hawk and whatnot. Yeah. So, you know, having gone through these things... Uh, it's just, it was a fun little reflection reflection of my actual relationship with her uh, and the ultimate parable of knowing realizing that I needed another person you know having I remember a conversation I had before all of the fucked up shit happened with my health and this that and the other she told me one day she said I just don't see where I fit in in your life you know because I was so obsessive and such a perfectionist that it just appeared as if from the outside understandably that you know i just needed no one i needed no help everything was just a well-oiled machine uh and it was until it wasn't and shit fell apart my body betrayed me the rat bastard that it is and i just fucking fell into shambles physically and just slowly started dying more or less and her not only just her presence but her her toughness mental toughness to just endure that shit with me and be there in the darkest times and help me through those moments meant everything and it showed me truly the depths and the you know the heights of love and how powerful that is and and what it means to really be there for another person and what it means to be vulnerable and to have to require the help and uh, of another person and that that is okay as i said earlier so it's a valuable lesson that i think is again as i said earlier isn't isn't really utilized very often it's not very it's not really spoken of very much so that's the story you know we wanted to tell that's what i wanted to tell and obviously it's very near and dear to my fucking heart because it happened but yeah, it was in, it was enjoyable, but stressful as fuck because I was trying to get it done before her birthday. I failed fucking miserably. I was like three months late, but nevertheless, it got done. And there's so many little details in there that I'm happy with mm-hmm. narratively, like little mentions to you know one of her favorite songs and uh, just little tiny details that mention other things and and little references and whatnot that are personal but most of all is the ending uh the ending uh phrase because once the ca- so when the characters <laughs> this motherfucker done got corona god yeah, damn i i've i brought it to your house god fucking you're now it's on you're now infected your children Great. are infected fucking your wife's God. infected y'all dead y'all dead fuck it all right well i guess i just finished it i'm gonna die anyway <laughs> So well, I mean, look at the bright side. After your death, uh, your book is going to skyrocket in popularity. No one's going to give a fuck. <laughs> fucking burn it. Uh, well, I tell you what they'll do is they'll buy that shit for toilet paper because ain't nobody able to buy some motherfucking toilet paper right now. So hey, hey, yo, it'll work well to wipe your ass with. Hey, yo, it's it's like fucking NWA say like, don't matter. They're buying records. Yep. Hey, man, a sale's a sale. I'll take sale. it. So. Uh, we our first dance when we when we got married was this song uh, by a guy named Father John Misty called I Went to the Store One Day and it's about this guy who's in a parking lot and he sees this woman and he envisions his life 
with this woman all while in this parking lot and you know he envisions getting older and you know growing to love one another and getting old and having a bunch of daughters and all this shit and they're surrounding him on his deathbed and you know it's a beautiful fucking song and in the end he just sort of like snaps out of it and he asks her hey by the way what's your name something to that extent and so throughout this book each character on each side uh, again the the narrative is from their perspective and they speak to other little sub characters throughout that you'll see throughout the story but it's always from the perspective you know if, if I'm referring to to me to me it's he him and then when I'm referring to her it is she and her but when they meet there is no he there is no she it's just they them this isn't some like fucking lesson on pronouns or some fucking bullshit. Hey, it's, did, you, did you just assume my pronouns? No, bro. I ain't trying to assume anybody's pronouns. Fuck that shit. So, it's to convey that they are one now. You know, they're they're not within the context of the story. They are no longer themselves, but they are a, they are a unit. They are together. Um, and again, it's not romantic or anything like that within the story, but it's from the perspective of they everything is they and them it's it's unified you know and so they never within the the pages that they've met one another and they interact with one another they don't it's never said narratively it's never shown narratively that they speak to one another okay now it's implied but it's never said but the last frame is you know finally there's a a text that's on illustrated on the page where you don't know who's saying it to who but they're saying hey by the way what's your name yeah and what i really like about that part too is uh so like i actually had to illustrate that part uh, that was that's not an actual text that's just something i had to illustrate for the final page and i think that's what i did and i'm like really happy with it is when I started giving color to the byway, what's your name? I specifically used their own colors, like Meek's colors and then Leib's colors for those, for that line. Yeah. So it almost feels like... You don't know who's saying it. So yeah, so you don't know who is saying it, but at the same time, it feels like they're both saying it to yeah. each other. Yeah, so it's meant to be, you know, sort of this perfect mirror and this culmination of... You know, because her her past is very similar to my own, and uh, it's an interesting way to sort of cap things off and and bring them together. You know, so yeah, it was it was an enjoyable uh, project and fucking infuriating as well. Just trying to, ha- you know, putting on those pressures of making this rhyme, you know, the rhythm patterns, and but still making it make sense. You know, I, I fucking can't stand rhyming for the sake of rhyming. It's just childish. I want it to have narrative weight and substance, make sense for the characters and and whatnot too. Yeah. So, and for me, like the difficulties was, yeah, you know, as this being my first uh, illustra- illustrative project, just you know, being happy with uh, the illustrations themselves. You know, like the designs and what is being visually shown and uh, not only that but uh, also just like knowing when is when is enough because 
when you first told me about it, like you wanted something very much like Shel Silverstein, and I I copied Shel Silverstein at first, but then I started developing my own style, and then just kind of like ran with it. But then I ran with it too much to where I was like overly designing some stuff, mm-hmm. and I had to like go back and like see some of Shell's work and just kind of like reel it back in like not again not to copy his work but to just understand that the minimalism of the images yeah it's a template yeah you know you were always meant to do to add on to it I just wanted you to start there as a template to, to just see what the baseline is yeah like a good example was the very first time you would see me originally what I was doing was I had him in his nest watching a few birds flying up in the air but I didn't just end it there. Like, I had to do, I had to draw a tree. I had to draw, you know, bushes. I had to draw clouds. I had to draw all these other things going on in this one scene. And that's that's what I had to learn while doing this. Like, to just kind of, like, don't over-design something. Just, especially for what you were looking for, to just keep it simple, but also, you know, show what needs to be shown, and keep it kind of fun-looking. Don't yeah. be basic about it. Yeah, you know, I wanted minimalism, but, you know, but with an inj- a healthy injection of personality. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not going to make this one super fucking long. There really is no need to. I'm not going to arbitrarily draw this shit out. Um, we just right. want to... The best, the best, some of the best podcasts are drawn out. Fuck that. No, nobody <laughs> wants to hear that droning on. We just wanted to get on here uh, since it's been such a long time and talk about it a little bit, sort of explain why it's been so fucking long uh, since there's been a recording. Still not really a fucking <clears throat> valid excuse. Just uh, at first it really was just being absorbed into into writing it, working on it, and getting all the little details ironed out and all that bullshit, uh, putting it together and whatnot. But then, you know, it was probably just fucking laziness and negligence, but... <laughs> I was just mad at the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, hopefully uh, we'll be back more frequently and, you know, talk about other shit and everything. I just wanted to get this one out there, talk about the book a little bit. Hopefully you fucking buy it. I, if you don't, I understand. You know, fucking coronavirus. <laughs> We're all out it's, here, fuck. It's, it's great toilet paper. <laughs> right. But it, I think it is in uh, Kindle Unlimited. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can, you know, get that for free or include it or whatever in your fucking subscription. Otherwise, it, it's like five bucks for the Kindle and ten for the paperback. We can't really make it cheaper. We literally make like eighty fucking cents on a paperback because it's it's an eight and a half by eight and a half. Half the book's illustrated and it's in color. So there's not much I can really yeah. do about it. And it needs to be in color. Like, you yeah, can't it has to be. It. It, it really can't. It really can't function. I mean, raw. I was able to put in black and white. Uh, even though I, re- I wish I had color versions. I have personal color versions, but I don't publish it in color because I don't feel like it's necessary, and the cost just make it an ineffective tactic to do so. But anyway, <sighs> appropriate. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was a fun little project. Very proud of it. If you want to, go buy it again. It'll be in the description. And hopefully we'll be back pretty soon yeah. uh, with some other new shit. Yeah. And please review it. Give us 
feedback and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah, we'll uh, have some links down there for that too. His uh, he has an Instagram with some illustrations on there, some stuff like that. We'll uh, link everything else down there. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you in twenty twenty one. See ya. <laughs>